0: This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? All right, here we go. This is part three, Culture Conversations. We are concluding this series uh, today. Uh, this is the the final of the three we're doing for this particular series and um excited about this so uh i hope you guys enjoyed your time of worship here and uh, let's let's get into the word of god so let me pray here and we're just going to talk about some stuff today so i hope you're ready you're excited to receive from god's word today Uh, allow me to pray and we'll jump right in so father we thank you for today we thank you for your word we thank you for speaking to us we thank you for revelation we thank you for challenging us in the areas of our life that need to be challenged so so we can just grow and continue to develop spiritually and becoming more like you Jesus we thank you for this moment God and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you speak to each of us, uh, specifically and personally. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. All right, so, uh, we're gonna jump right into, like, just the first thought here as we get into the Word, and it's this, uh, culture experience versus Christ encounter, okay? So we're just gonna talk about, uh, some things in, in, in in the Bible, uh, Early church and kind of how they were having the this tension with uh, people getting attached to things that wasn't necessarily Christ. It was more of culture. It was it was and they were getting uh, mixed up in what they were valuing, even as a church in a particular area. Um, and so once again, culture experience versus Christ encounter, which is most important, which matters the most. So here's another way to put it. As Christians, now I'm speaking to Christians. It's like, are we about our, in uh, and, and the church now, in the church and as believers in community, are we more about our cultural affiliation or are we uh, more about our relationship with God in Christ? Right? So, so cultural experience versus Christ encounter or cultural affiliation. Versus relationship with God. Okay? And so I'm asking for your prayers. Uh, and and I wanted to open up with this thought. Here is like we need your prayer continually to pray for us, uh, Crystal Gale and I, as the pastors of Hopeland Church, and pray for Hopeland Church and for us and this community, that Christ remains the main thing, the you know, that it is him and him alone that. Christ is the one we continue to worship and bring attention to, and not all this other stuff. Let all the other stuff be stuff and secondary, but pray that Christ remains the center point, the main focus of our pastoring and of Hopeland Church, all right? So I appreciate that, but Let's turn in our Bibles now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, I'm starting in verse 10 and I'm gonna end with verse 17. 1 Corinthians 1 10 to 17. Here we go. Um, I'm gonna read all of this and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into kind of the meat of this today. Uh, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. But that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind in the same judgment verse 11 for it has been declared to me concerning you my brethren by those of chloe's household that there are contentions among you okay verse 12 now i say this that each of you says i am of paul or i am of apollos or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Verse 13, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say that I baptized in my own name. Verse 16, yes, I also baptized the house of Stephanus. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. Verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. So you can see here that Paul's bringing some correction here. And at this time, obviously, these people were starting to associate with people more than Jesus, okay? So, I'm going to give you the definitions of these words, and then we'll kind of talk about it, because these are some of the issues. It mentioned contentions, all right? That really, uh, you know, that means to have a contentious spirit, so that, which, which contentious, which separates, divides. Talked about divisions, It's another word for division in the Bible. You've probably heard it before if you've read other translations and stuff. It's dissensions. It means to split. It means to rip in two, to separate, divide. Okay, and he's like, man, there are divisions among you. There is some ripping apart. There's some separation um, happening. Okay, and um, he's like, man, this is an issue. This is an issue with you, Corinthians. And then the, the word he says here as well, it's a couple words in English, but, but that you, he was praying and, and hoping that they would be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He's like, guys, what's going on? There's dissensions, there's contentions among you, okay? And he kind of describes what it is and what, what they're doing. And he's like, man, y'all should be perfectly joined. And so this means, this word means, these two words, perfectly joined, it means to be adjusted and to fit exactly in good working order. Good working order It means to be adjusted exactly to where you're fully functional. And so what was happening because of these dissensions, the local body was not fully functional. They were dysfunctional. And so why were they dysfunctional or distracted or divided, okay, in dissensions? And, and um, he's saying, man, this shouldn't be. And so what was happening? Because we're talking about cultural experience versus um, Christ encounter or a cultural focus versus a Christ focus. And so the Corinthian church started, as we read, they started to identify with personalities, okay, of their leaders, okay? Uh, I'll just read from my notes. The Corinthian church was identifying with the personalities of their leaders and it was causing division in their community, okay? So one's like, man, we're of Cephas, we're of Apollos, we're of Paul. This person baptized me. And so they started to get in community where it's supposed to be about Jesus it started to be about the persona or personality of their leaders. Okay. And Paul is correcting them, saying, man, what are you doing? You know, this is not of God. Okay. And so, uh, when we aren't grounded in Christ, we will ta- attach ourselves unhealthily to things in culture. Okay. So, when we talk about culture conversation, you can see in the Bible how he was having a cultural conversation. He was, confronting what was becoming the thing and you guys he's like man this is not what we're about this is what you know theologians and historians and whatever they call sectarianism they were they they, they they started to separate um when he's like y'all should have the same mind and not about everything but about christ not that we agree on everything but we, but we're here because of Jesus, not because of people and not because of our leaders even, okay? And so in American culture, if, if we're honest, you know, and that's where most of people, part of this community actually live and are a part of, but, and I, I think you can apply this to anywhere in the world, but this is where we live. It's like, we're, we're so much, if we're honest, right? We're so much about personality and persona, like it is so magnified. It, it, it is all about the personality. Like, Come on now, I know all of us, we've had conversations about actors and actresses and we don't even know these people. And we're like, nah, I don't really like him. Now I understand you can hear what somebody says and you can be like, man, I don't like that because they said that or they live for that. I understand that. But how many of you know, we, we, well, all we know is their persona, their personality. We don't really know them. And so we're in a world where personality and persona are magnified. Social media, is all about people's persona. It's not really them, it's not the person, it's just images in a, in a film reel of them, but it's not like really them, there's no real dialogue for the most part in that space. And so we honor people, we honor our leaders, but but we never worship or fix Our identity in them and so the early church was confronting this and I believe we need to talk about this that we need to be careful as believers that our focus is not a person personality or persona that it is truly Christ and Christ alone that unites us and that must uh, be the main focus of our life and ministry all right let's keep reading here first Corinthians chapter 1 verse 22 I just want to teach you here today Culture Conversations, as we dive into the word, I mean, we could continue with the series, really, because in the book of Acts, the epistles, like, and even in the gospels, I mean, there's so much happening. I mean, these are real people in a real world with real cultural influences and things going on and things they're filtering through and things the leaders are confronting and things people are dealing with. And they're constantly in this Thing. This is just our life, but we, uh, are, my heart is that through this series and through the teaching of the word that we can really look at things, people, personalities, and things in culture and be able to go, okay, that's culture. It's not all bad, but it has its place, and we choose to worship Christ and Christ alone. So let's continue here in this chapter, but let's go to verse 22. I'm going to read 22, 23, and 24, 1 Corinthians 1. Starting in verse 22, for for Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, it's foolishness. Verse 24, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So there was tension here. Cause Paul knew this. Paul felt this. I mean, he's a Jew. He's learned. He's educated, right? He 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 comes from that world. Um, you know, he was entrenched in it. And yet, then he's called to the Greeks, and so he's a Roman citizen. I mean, he's cultured, um, just as a person. So he kind of understands these worlds he's in, and he here he is a preacher of the gospel. A, an apostle, an early church leader. I mean, and um, he's guiding communities here and kind of delegating uh, people to help him in serving and ministering to these people all over the Mediterranean. And he's, he's kind of highlighting this thing in culture and he's like, man, the Jewish community is requesting this from us. The Greeks are seeking this, but we are, we are gonna preach Christ crucified. All right. And so in culture, there's there, there's this pull, there's this demand from people groups, from for for for, for reasons, because of history, because of context, right? And that, that's just the way humanity is. And Paul was in this, and he's like, look, um, this is what they want. This is what they seek from a cultural perspective. He's like, but I'm gonna preach Christ, all right, and 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 God's gonna touch people and call people from all these different worlds, right? And so we, and I'm talking to myself and as as pastors, right, uh, must be careful that we are preaching Christ and Him crucified. Okay, so so here, let me read this from my notes here. But amidst cultural pressures, okay. And we all experience and feel those. Um, Jews and Greeks were both demanding something at this time. Okay? The early church committed to preaching Christ. They're like, this is what they want, but this is what God's called me to preach. And so uh, we must um, decide that, man, I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to preach Jesus. I'm going to... I'm gonna do what God has called me to do in the midst of what is going on in the world and in culture. I am not gonna take the bait of uh, fulfilling a cultural obligation at the expense of preaching Christ or at the expense of not preaching him. Somebody say amen, okay? So let's not allow culture To get us out of Christ. Or let's not allow the messaging that is in the world to get us off of the message, Christ Jesus and Him crucified. Hallelujah. This is what the early church did. I mean, history tells us this. Be even, you know, beyond the the, the first apostles. Um, this, um, was part of the culture of Christian community that there is a line we refuse to cross. And that is the message of the gospel, Christ Jesus and him crucified. And he was saying, look, man, the Jews, it's making them stumble, right? Um, He knew this because he was stumbling before he met Christ on his way to Damascus. And the Greeks say this is foolish. And it was very true. I mean, history tells you this. The Greco-Roman world was like, you know, Christians are kind of nobodies. Uh, you know, they're, 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 their literature is subpar. Um, you know, they're not eloquent people. They're, they're, they, they, they're barbarians. They're kind of, they don't have a temple. They don't have an idol. Um, you know, they're kind of refuse to the Greek elevated mind of great Greco-Roman culture, and so he was right on here. Paul was spot on, even from history tells us that what he's saying about what these cultures were as they peer in and look at Christian community, they're like, eh, you know, it's making us, what, their theology's making us stumble, Jews. We're not gonna take that. And, and Greeks were like, man, these guys are foolish. But he's like, man, um, Paul's like, eh, for lack of a better term or phrase, he's like, man, I don't care what culture says. I'm gonna preach Christ and him crucified, okay? So when we preach, now now I'm talking to myself even here because when you, I'm gonna read this for my notes, but let me explain. Like in light of this, what's going on, it was a very singular focus, Christ. And in the context of even just this chapter, First Corinthians chapter one, there was tension, there was division, there was schism, there was faction, there was dissension, there was, you know, I'm of this person, I like this leader, or I like the personality, or this one baptized me, I'm of him. And they were attaching to leaders. And Paul's like, dude, this is this is not what this it means to be a Christian, it is Christ and Christ alone. And so in our world today, I, I and I, I believe that this is important to say, Is, and I'll read this statement I wrote in my notes, is when we as pastors preach our church brand or our, our our culture of church or our method or our way of church, our, whatever, our, whatever we, how we do, when, when we preach our church brand, right, more than Christ, the person, we're actually inadvertently even uh, creating more of this organizational allegiance as opposed to Christ followers, right? And so we need to be careful in this day and age of this day and age of just the culture we live in, like brand building, which is really like building a persona or personifying, if you will, an organization. And I understand the context of this stuff organizationally, And but when it comes to the gospel and the church, uh, we must be careful that we are not pushing or propagating or marketing our brand of church at the expense of preaching the pure gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen out there? When we talk about, as a pastor, cultural conversations, I must talk about the ills that are in even our method in America of church planting, of community building, that there is a fine line here, and we must be careful, I believe, in this generation, in this season, and and, and forward that we make sure that we are not just trying to acquire church membership over Christ followers. Um, and I understand like in some ways they can be one and the same, but I mean, come on, as a pastor, I'm telling you that, that in my observation, this is something we need to make sure is corrected, um, ongoing. De- whoa, let, you know, this is about Jesus. Our baptism is Christ and we are preaching the gospel. And I, I believe, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I know there's people in the church world that, have even come to me and says, man, like, it's just kind of heavy on the organizational side, like, this is our church, this is what we believe, this is who we are, this is our DNA, this is our church culture, come and be a part of it, why don't you serve, why don't you serve, why don't you get in and serve, come on and serve, come on and it's like, it's kind of like, okay, um, what about just Christ and Him crucified? Now, community matters, and being in the body matters, but um, I, come on now, I believe there's an unjust weight here in our nation when it comes to the tension of hyper church brand building and marketing versus simply the gospel, Christ, and Him crucified. We need to get back to the gospel, folks. We need to get back to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And just as Paul told Corinth, I I determined to know nothing among you, Corinthians, other than Christ and Him crucified. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 now. We're going to the next chapter, verse 1. Corinthians is full. I got a bunch of 1 Corinthians and a little bit of second in this message today. I mean, this stuff is just full of, of, of just bringing focus back to Jesus. Okay? Even in the midst of Corinth, gifts of the Spirit are operating at a high level. I mean our revelation of spiritual gifts um, come out of ephesians 4 romans and then 1 corinthians chapter you know that 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 group of um, uh, chapters there in uh in uh chapter 12 13 and 14 all right um and so that that's all in corinthians and so praise god for all that but even in the midst of spiritual gifts operating and flowing and, and people um, getting ministered to in this community through that way, Paul still, even in the midst of that, was like, yo, 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 come back to Jesus here. You guys are getting distracted by spiritual activity and losing sight of the person Christ and what he has done. And so here we go. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined, here it is determined, what is determining means he chose. So as a spiritual leader, he chose. He's like, look, man, I'm choosing not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is my decision. Y'all, y'all are getting distracted with all kinds of stuff attaching the leaders just because they baptized you. And I've seen that even today. I mean, I got friends that are kind of have this element of notoriety in the world through skateboarding or whatever. And then you got people that are like, man, I want him to baptize me. And I don't like, look, there's nothing wrong with that in a sense. But I mean, this got I mean, God was ministering to the Corinthian church through Paul and saying like, y'all are getting way too into this cultural thing. And like, he's like, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you because y'all would be saying it was, it's like somehow attached to me, the person. And he's like, man, I didn't even come to baptize. I came to preach Christ. And so we need to get back to Christ. Come on now. And I'm talking about the church and our church life and church world. And so amen. Somebody say amen out there. All right, here we go. Here's my next, here's my next thought here. But when it comes to, um, Um, cultural experience versus Christ encounter, right? Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's, don't mix, um, your faith with worldliness. And so we're going to look at this now. So I'm kind of shifting gears here. I was just talking about kind of where in church we can kind of get involved in the culture of Christianity at the expense of really developing an authentic relationship with Christ. And that was happening here, okay, in, in the Corinthian church. And 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 then he, now in, in 2 Corinthians chapter six, let's turn there. Second Corinthians six eleven to sixteen. Now he's talking about mixing faith with worldliness. Okay, and so here we go. He says, "O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections." Okay, now, verse thirteen. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children. You also be open. He's saying, come on, be open here. I'm about to talk to you about some stuff, so be open. Verse 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has Christ with Belial? Belial is a personification of of what is worthless or wicked. Okay, so they were mixing their walk with the Lord in that relationship with worldliness okay it's things that were worthless and wicked it says or what part has a believer with an unbeliever okay verse 16 and what agreement has the temple of God with idols okay for you are the temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in them and walk among them I will be their God and they shall be my people we must be honest with God and ourselves about the mixtures in our life. okay and so here it is here's my next point remember you are his temple, okay. And so, this isn't talking about not having friends that aren't saved or anything like that. It, it, He's—they were mixing. There was—they were mixing their worship of Jesus with idolatry. They were still involved in stuff. They were still engaging in worthless, wicked activity. They're in Christian community, but they're still, you know, go, you know, going to the various uh, pagan temples and doing their worship there. And and Paul's like, hey guys, what? You are, you are yoking yourself with the world and, um, you got to clean that up. Don't, don't, you know, they, they were having mixture, they had mixture. So when we talk about culture conversations. There are things in this world that we, we mix our faith with and we got to clean up, clean house, get our house in order. Right? So let's look at verse 17 and 18. Okay. Verse 17, and 18. Therefore, look at, come out from among them and be separate. Okay, says the Lord, do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. So he's saying, man, come out. Does that mean go hide and hide in your house and just go only go to church and be in church and church? All? No, but um, it's, it's one thing to be in the world and not of it and to be in it and of it. And he's saying, look, be out there, engage, do what you're called to do, but separate yourself. Separate, you should be separate. That word separate means to mark off by boundaries. And so we are called to be a light in this world but we as believers must have boundaries around things that aren't of God that are wicked and worthless. Can I get an amen? Like there are things there, we we got boundaries. We're believers, man. We 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 worship Jesus alone, we don't worship other gods. We he shall have no other God before him. We we because of our revelation of Christ, because of our allegiance to him. Man, there are boundaries. He's like, man, come out from among and be separate. What does that word "separate" mean again? Mark off by boundaries. Okay, it means that we are separate. There's a boundary between how I used to live and how I live right now in the Lord. All right, and, and okay. So, and sometimes boundaries are so powerful because God is at work in your life, creating boundaries. He sure is. He sure is. And and many times we got to kind of make those decisions and 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 really like say man I need a boundary with this person it's unhealthy what the way that, like I, I love this person I'm not cutting them off but I need a boundary here of how they talk to me of how they engage with me of their access in my life needs to be clearly defined can I get an amen somebody just because you know you we as believers we got boundaries right we 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 there's a standard there's There's right and wrong. Come on, somebody. And so sometimes, though, uh, by God's grace, um, the way God delivers us of things in culture um, that were strongholds in our life, right, um, is he leads us out of those environments indefinitely or maybe even for a season. So one of the things God did is he brought me out of skateboard culture. He created a boundary. Now, I'm not saying that skateboard culture is of the devil or satanic per se, not all of it, but for my life and journey, he, 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 he separated me from it. Um, and like, so I still engage with, but there was a season and I, 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 we're, we're going to actually even uh, within the next couple of weeks here, we're going to a local um, elementary school right here in Boyle Heights. And we're going to partner with Javelina Skate Co. And we're going to be um, helping to kickstart an after-school skateboard program right here at a school literally not too far from our building um, and just minister in that way serving our community so skateboarding has been a tool of my life of ministry but that culture for a season man I just I, God just brought me totally out of it like look, look at Moses brought him out of Egypt right all the way out to go back right and to deliver God's people Paul you know what I'm saying he, he disappeared for some years before he came back on the sea after he got saved on the road to Damascus he he went away for some time. Um, you know, God separated him, all right? Um, if you look at the apostles, the three years they were with Jesus, he just he rolled up on them and they followed him. They Their life was separated. There's something about God's goodness, his grace, his love on our lives that he will find a way to separate you. That's. It, 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 I believe that there, there is this thing about being separated under the Lord that it is comes into play as our decision, our willingness, yes, but I believe also in our worship and pursuit of him, that he seems to even work these things out by his grace and his goodness, right? Not every boundary in your life has to be something that you set. I believe if we're just worshiping and seeking the Lord, he's gonna help us. And he's gonna lead us into environments that separate us inadvertently, that does create boundaries. Think about Abraham, Isaac, the apostle Paul, even Peter, all right, Moses, that God separated them. Okay, and this is what Paul is telling the Corinthian church, hey, come out and be separate. Make sure you got some boundaries. Some of us um, have yet to walk in freedom in some area of our life because we failed to honor the boundaries God has tried to bring into our life, all right? And so uh, God's calling you to set boundaries. And this is just part of being a healthy Christ follower. Can I even just say, this is part of being just a healthy person is that we understand boundaries. That yeah, Boundaries are a part of our well-being and they are absolutely a part of fulfilling the call of God on your life. And so here is my next point. The call to intimacy is a call to be separate. Okay, and so this is a call to develop and grow in your relationship with God is, and I'll say it again, the call to intimacy with Christ is a call to be separate. James chapter one, verse 26 to 27. If anyone among you thinks he's religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Verse 27, here it is, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Somebody say separate, all right? Somebody say, somebody say separate, okay? Set apart, sanctified, okay? And so some things in culture, folks, are not demonic, right? Like it's created, and it's not that it is demonic or devilish or idolatrous per se. It's just neutral, but it's in culture. It's in this world. And so what makes these things idols is or not, what makes them idols or not, is based on the place we give them in our heart and life. Can I say that again? Not everything in culture is demonic. Not everything in culture is devilish. Not everything in culture is um, of the devil. Can I get an amen somebody? But how we place and position those things in our heart and life determine whether it's an idol or not, all right? So what are some of those things? Self-care, my wife kind of talked about this. Self-care is important, all that self-care, hallelujah. But that can be an idol if we're not keeping that in proper alignment under Christ. Can I get a witness? Self-care, even our ethnic and nationality and the culture that comes with that, um, that is culture. It is not Christ. And so it is not an idol. There's nothing wrong with that. But how we honor things in it, determine it. How we, do we worship our culture? Do do we worship? Is it worship? Is it, is it to worship? Are we worshiping our nationality? You know, and I talked about this last week. I know it's a touchy subject, but you got Christians, Christianity, And it's nationalistic, and there's this worship of our nation and even the church. Can I get an amen? I'm supposed to worship a nation or worship a culture. We all worship that. All right? Family, beautiful thing. But that must be in a line with Christ first. Uh, Work or money, even leisure and our toys, you know? And I know this as men, we need to have fun. Can I get a witness? I think everybody has to have fun, but let me just talk to the men. I know, and they, like within men, I mean, uh, you know, they always say, you know, boys need toys, right? Like, and you could, you ever just see grown men, they just got their toys. Like the more money man gets, the more toys he gets. And I know that's a generalization, but you know, just hear what I'm saying. But I believe that's just important for men to have an outlet, but we got to be careful that that does not become an idol. That 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 sometimes and our outlet is great. We need that. We need outlets, but we don't worship those things. We need leisure. But we don't worship it. Alright, can I get an amen, to somebody? Hallelujah. Alright. But also, here it is: some things in culture are demonic. All right? And will destroy the human soul and are intended to destroy it. This isn't neutral. There's things in culture that are not neutral. Okay? That 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 through the influence of the devil and and and, and demons. That there are things in our culture that are demonic in nature. They are false gods. They are spiritual activity that is not honoring to God. It is not true worship. It is demonic and devilish. Okay, and so some of those things: astrology, psychics, crystals. I know crystal itself is is not in itself is not, but the but the spiritual activity behind that and the. And the spiritism in it is demonic. Yoga, nothing wrong with stretching, but yoga, yoga, the practice, it is worship of God's. Various positions are actual. You get in this position and that position is supposed to be an actual worship to a specific deity that they have. Okay, so yoga means to be yoked with or to be yoked with the universal consciousness Like, and I know you got a lot of Christians that do yoga and they'll be like, well, I'm just stretching. Well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with stretching, but yoga itself, by definition, is, it means universal consciousness. And it has various deities and gods in it. And there's different types of yoga. But yoga in itself is a spiritual activity and has been for ages. Okay, tarot cards. And the like. Okay. So, so look, and two, here it is. When I bring these things up, this is not a religious battle. This is not like American Christendom versus Eastern religion. I, it's not even on that level. Okay. We're talking on a spiritual level it has nothing to do with American culture versus Eastern culture. Okay. This is light and dark, blessing and cursing. This tension is good versus evil. Can I get an amen, somebody, okay? And so we must come to the absolute, as believers, as Christians, we must come to the absolute realization that there is demonic activity and demonic devilish influence in this world and culture. There is. And there's a line we draw on the sand. Uh, Why? Because Jesus is Lord and we'll have no other gods before him. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Lord. We worship the one true and living God, right? And so yes and amen to all of that. Uh, but also, this type of activity, this mixture in our faith, this mixture opens us up to demonic spirits. That's what it is. It is a spiritual practice, okay? So, and, and we must separate from it. Why? Because Jesus is Lord, and we refuse to worship other gods. And it is a sin. And sin produces death. All right? Somebody say amen. In Galatians 5.19, I'm going to say this quickly, 5.19 and 20. I'm going to go quick. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. It's describing these works of the flesh. What's in them? Idolatry, the worship of other gods, sorcery, okay, or witchcraft in some versions. It says, which is the word pharmakios, pharmakia, which is, um, sorcery, witchcraft, it's um, magic arts, okay? It's, it's basically any type of spiritual act we commit to get some sort of spiritual result outside of Christ, okay? And in doing that, we are opening ourselves up to the demonic. There are things in culture that are normal to the world that are demonic, okay? Hallelujah! But Jesus came to set us free and deliver us, okay? Now, I'm going to give you some list of verses, okay? I, I don't have time to read them all, but I'm going to give you the references in the book of Acts, multiple references of people getting delivered from demons, burning books uh, that were about, that, that were practicing magic, okay? And um, and then like even Simon the sorcerer, how he was a sorcerer. So he was practicing Magic. He was, and that word is astrologer, and it's a connection to um, to the um, ancient uh, practice of the worship of false gods, and then worshiping stars and all this stuff. And so, this spiritism uh, is nothing new. New Age is nothing new. It's just a iteration of ancient pagan worship and activity. Okay, so. Here's the verses, okay? I'm not going to read them in length, but I'm going to give them to you. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 19, okay? This is when a, a girl, a slave girl, was possessed with a spirit of divination. That word divination is connected to a pagan god that she obviously worshiped and was possessed by a demonic spirit as a result of her pagan worship, okay? And she brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. Okay, so fortune, test, spiritism, spiritual activity outside of Christ opened her up to demonic possession. All right, now she got delivered. Paul was annoyed. I believe we we need to be like the Apostle Paul and be annoyed by demonic activity to the point that God uses to liberate people in it, as opposed to saying, "Oh yeah, it's okay. You know, you can do whatever you want. You know, no, I mean, people can do whatever they want, but but he, God used them to. She needed to be delivered." Not, not not consoled in it. And somebody said amen this morning. So also Acts 19, verse 18. This is where they burned uh, these people that practiced magic, brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. Why? They got saved. There are things in culture that are demonic. Okay? In the word in Acts chapter 8, this is a huge portion of scripture, but it'll give you context of somebody that was a sorcerer committing spiritual acts, um, and it was demonic, but it's Acts chapter 8, verse 9, all the way to verse 25, okay? um, And he also got baptized, responded to the call to repent, okay? But it shows you that this was demonic activity, and he needed to be delivered and saved of it. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you in this context. There's a lot here. I believe I could spend a whole um, sermon just on those verses I just gave you and just talk about how the power of Christ in the gospel delivers people of demonic activity that's in culture. So Father, I just thank you for your power and your grace, ministering to people. I pray that you continue to heal us, deliver us, and liberate us from anything and everything that is not of you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.